Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Not in Los Angeles again, but instead in Burridge, Illinois. I'm the professor, Matt Perkins. Potentially joining us in a little bit will be the coach, Corey Burton, who is currently keeping it hashtag dad to the bone. But for the meantime, we've got a man who thoroughly enjoyed Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and thinks it could potentially be the second best Star Wars film of all time. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Yeah, it had a lot going on with it. Well acted, I thought. Well scripted. Great special effects. Good music. But uh, I get to do a rare introduction for this show. Actually, I was going to do a, a oh, little man. bit of an extra introduction here because we then go ahead. A, uh, a special guest with us today, uh, not to be confused with the Green Bay Packers tight end, but <laughs> Michigan alum and legal mind extraordinaire. It is the brother of our our, our intrepid blogger Jared Cook. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad you could join us today, Jared. Uh, you are back in uh, Iowa City with uh, your dear brother, I'm sure, <laughs> doing some uh, last-minute Christmas shopping and uh, trying to help Sue bake up a storm <laughs> in the kitchen. Um, yeah, but, uh, going on? We, knocked, we knocked that out today, so uh, I, think, yeah. I think we're pretty much caught up. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas cookie? Uh, these, these orange ones she makes are good. I mean, I hate this. I mean, there's, there's Buckeyes, which I don't, you know... <laughs> it reminds me of TOSU, so but yeah. they're they're pretty solid. Yeah, I've uh, I've had those orange cookies before. Josh mm. would bring them back to college, mm. mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're pretty special. I'm not gonna lie, they were some of my sure. favorites as well. Sweet. Yes. Well, uh, we've got uh, we're going to jump through the next uh, the next set of bowls here. If you remember, in our last preview, we brought you up through Christmas Eve uh, with the Hawaii Bowl. Today, we're going to jump through the next seven or so bowls, which should bring us through December twenty seventh. So we will start with uh, the no with the sponsorless St. Petersburg Bowl, which pits uh, Miami of Ohio versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State, if you'll remember, uh, capped off what has been uh, quite an interesting uh, ebb and flow up and down season with a win in the egg bowl uh in order to become uh in order to become quasi bowl eligible they're only five and seven but with a good enough api score they are in a bowl against a miami of ohio team who uh did very well they were uh champions of the Mac East. Um, we're sorry, they were runners up in the Mac East, but, uh, you know, six and six this year after starting 0 and six, uh, Josh, do you think they can continue this momentum going forward? I don't know. Mississippi state probably has much better athletes, but if you're looking for a reason to watch this game, an intriguing quarterback matchup, Gus Ragland at Miami, we talked about it. He sparked their turnaround from 0 and six to six and 0 versus a, a really athletic running quarterback in Nick Fitzgerald, who, Dan Mullins is high on, and I, I think Bulldog fans have to be intrigued about the future of that young man. Yeah, I think that Bulldog fans are pretty happy that Mullen did not get uh, poached away for a bigger job because his name did come up in in a lot of talks. Uh, Jared, have you got any thoughts there on what Mullen's been able to do down in Stark Vegas? No, I mean, he's been good. And, I mean, in this game, I don't particularly know a whole lot about either team. I, I haven't seen a ton of them. But, 
yeah, when it comes to SEC against the Mac, I guess I would. Uh, I guess I take the SEC squad. You didn't break down the game tape of Iowa versus Miami. Well, that's Ohio? that's probably the one time I saw Miami, and <laughs> I remember thinking Iowa sure didn't look very good. That was the uh, the season opener, Labor Day weekend, and but Iowa still beat them by what, probably twenty or thirty points, something like that. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that game was 45, 21, um, you know, in not I, so long ago. Yeah. That tape is probably not, not super helpful anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously that was, uh, that was a long time ago. Gosh. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pre Trump. That's, Oh my God. Lord that was knows. pre, uh, North Dakota state. Yeah. yeah pre North Dakota state. <laughs> uh, North Dakota Iowa fans had hope, right? <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we all had hope that first weekend and it's really diminished for all of us, except for those of us living in Tuscaloosa. So, um, well, we'll move on now, uh, to Ford field in Detroit, Michigan, which is the home of the quick lane bowl, which is probably not going to lie. The bowl that I am least interested in this entire season, Maryland versus Boston college, two teams that don't deserve to be in bowls, quite frankly, Maryland though, first year under DJ Durkin, uh, they've made some uh, steps in the right direction, finishing off the season six and six Boston college. I do not know how this team got six wins this year. I do not know how Steve Adazio still has a job. Uh, Jared, you may not know this, but Boston college is as far as I'm concerned, the worst program in the entire country. So, uh, I mean, Josh, you know, you know, I can only hope for a a swift Iowa state and wake forest, uh, (laughs) you know, they have their hands up too, but yeah. Yeah, well, but they're not as smug as uh, those uh, who live on who live on Chestnut Hill. So, uh, Josh, we've got a battle of two decent defenses and two pretty terrible offenses. Yeah, I have this as the worst bowl game of the year, that's and that's actually yeah, it's actually not even a reflection on Maryland. Maryland actually has some fun players to watch, especially when they get their running game going. But the reason this is the worst bowl game is Boston College is unwatchable. They have the 122nd ranked offense, scoring offense in the nation at a brutal 19.1 points per game. And they got their six wins by not beating anyone. They beat 2-10 and ten UMass, 2-10 and ten Buffalo, 6-5 and five FCS Wagner, 6-6 six and six NC State, 3-9 and nine Connecticut, and 6-6 six and six Wake Forest. Give me a break. This team is terrible. <laughs> you know, I will say once I was the fact that they beat NC State and Wake Forest on the road is that's like, yep. that, that's okay. That's not half bad. Well, I have a stat that you'll like, Matt. Oh, good. So, Give it to me. So I'm going to ignore their loss to Syracuse because Syracuse has a losing record. Against their, in their losses against teams with a winning record, they were outscored 219 to 39, <laughs> which includes 52 to seven losses to uh, 52 to seven loss against Louisville, a 45 to seven loss against Florida State, a 56 to 10 loss versus Clemson, a 49 nothing loss at Virginia Tech, and the only close game they played against a team with a winning record, 17 14 against Georgia Tech, I believe. Well, it's a good thing that Maryland doesn't have a winning record, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know that actually <laughs> would give them a shot here if they finish That's over right. 500. I mean, I don't uh, even. Yeah. Uh, what to do. Well, fortunately, though, for us, uh, we are now joined, uh, keeping it dead to the bone, our man, uh, <laughs> Coach Corey Burton. Uh, welcome. And, Coach, we've got a special guest here. we got uh, the our blogger's brother, Jared, with us. Oh, what's, what's up, Jared? Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks. All right. Well, Coach, uh, we are in the middle of discussing the Quick Lane Bowl, which uh, Josh and I both think is the worst bowl of the season, Maryland versus uh, Boston College. You got any thoughts here? Um, yes. Worst bowl ever? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Maryland 
they better do what I think they're going to do and run roughshod over them. If they don't, I'll be extremely surprised. I'm not sure how Boston College lucked their way into a bowl personally, but, um, you know, I, I'm not really all that thrilled about it. I'm more excited about the uh, the Independence Bowl. I don't know if you guys have already talked about that, but um, I'm looking for big things from Vandy. Zach Cunningham, this is going to be his last. Well, that's where um, we're, we're actually just about to hop into the Independence Bowl. So why don't we? Uh, why, why don't you? Uh, why don't you lead us off there? Like you said, NC State versus Vanderbilt in Shreveport. So uh, oh, yeah. you're you're looking forward to our National Defensive Player of the Year, Zach Cunningham. Yes, absolutely, and uh, I think he got robbed for National Defender uh, Defensive Player of the Year. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it just because you know I, I want to see what you know what the offense is going to do. I think Kyle Shermer's had a had a tremendous year. He's gotten better each and every week. I, I think one of the things, one of the people that we've been hard on as far as uh, coaching staff there um, at Vanderbilt is, is Andy Ludwig, and I think he's done a good job of not trying to be Wisconsin at a place where, quite frankly, you can't be Wisconsin because you just don't have the beef there. But, um, you know, Zach Cunningham, again, is going to be featured in this game. He's going to probably have 19 tackles. Um, I, I think it's going to be, uh, I, you know, they, these two programs have met before in a bowl game, and it was a really good game. I, and I don't see any differences as to why it, it won't be this time around. But I think that Vanderbilt is a much improved team from the last time they faced off against uh, North Carolina State and what was – I think it was the uh, Music City Bowl um, is the last time these two faced off. And uh, I just think that Vanderbilt's trending up, NC State's trending down. You know, NC State had some head-scratching losses where I thought they would compete more and they didn't. Um, but we, we've seen kind of the ups and downs, the Jekyll and Hydes of, of NC State. So, you know, David Dorn's doing a – doing a pretty good job over there of, of at least just kind of slowly building them. But as of at this moment, they're trending downward. But I don't think that's going to be the long-term trend for the Wolfpack. I just think that that's their trend right now at the end of the season. But um, a comment that I want to make about last night, actually, was the Fighting Bobos uh, taking one on the chin. Um, my goodness, Paul Petrino made a statement, didn't he, guys? Yeah, 61 to 50. That was uh... – oh, Lord. So that that was I did not expect it. I mean, they were up sixty-one twenty-eight at one point. You know, before yeah. they let, before the Bobos got back into it there in the fourth quarter. Well, but, it, it was it was more of like Idaho just kind of they were celebrating for about half a quarter and they kind of forgot to play football. But um, I don't think they were ever in doubt to be honest with you. But God Almighty, I mean, uh, for uh, you know, I, I turned on at a certain point. It was thirty thirty-four to seven, and I was like, what the. What the heck? Yeah. If it was going to be 34-7, I, I think we all thought it would be Colorado State up 34-7, not the other yeah. round. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. My goodness. And, and I, I thought, you know, and my thoughts were uh, one of Lombardi's favorite or one of Lombardi's most played uh, sound clips was the, what the hell is going on out here? Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, pretty apropos for, uh, for that game indeed. I'm actually really intrigued to see – how um, you know how Vanderbilt tailback Ralph Webb is going to do against NC State defense, which has not fared terribly well against the run. So um, I don't know, Josh. Uh, what, what do you think about this game? We got two six and six teams here, so not a whole lot between them. Yeah, I think it's actually going to be for two teams that are six and six. I think it's going to be actually pretty exciting game and, and pretty competitive. I ranked it as the twenty eighth bowl game, so just outside the the upper half. And the reason for that is. Uh, both teams are kind of unlucky to finish with just six wins. Um, 
you know, NC State, for instance, had four losses by a single score, uh, and one was that absolutely – should have beat Clemson. Yeah, the heartbreaker to Clemson. Yeah, I was impressed that day. So uh, I, I think these teams are a little bit better than their record would indicate, and uh, you get to see Webb and Cunningham so for the doors. That'll be exciting. Yeah, and you, know, and you, you talk about Vandy being lucky. I mean, this is a team that beat – won at Georgia and beat Ole Miss and Tennessee this year, yet somehow lost to Mizzou, <laughs> hockey, and South Carolina. So, I mean, th- yeah. this is a team that I think, you know, with a, you know, a couple different rolls of the ball, I mean, they lost by three points to South Carolina, seven points to Florida, uh, seven points to Auburn, you know, nine points to Mizzou. This is a team that you could be looking at talking about nine and three, ten and two, uh, with a couple of different, you know, bounces of the ball there. And, you know, we all sort of like the direction that Derek Mason has this program going. Uh, you know, one of the things that I kind of like, you know, obviously as a Badger alum, a matchup of two former uh, bad, uh, Badger coordinators here between uh, Vandy offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig and uh, NC State head coach Dave Dorn was a former Badger a defensive coordinator under Bert Bielema. So, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, as a Badger alum, I like to, to, to see the old assistants, you know, doing, doing well and doing big things wherever they uh, end up going. Um, but uh, let's, uh, let's head then to, uh, to Dallas, uh, to the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl, which is the only rematch um, on the season, uh, for, uh, on the bowl season, when Army takes on North Texas um, in, in their matchup earlier in the season, uh, North Texas won in um, in West Point, thirty-five to eighteen, on a uh, you know on a pretty big uh, rushing performance by uh, their tailback Jeffrey Wilson, who had in that game. Uh, 160 yards and three scores, but uh, these two teams are in very different places at this point of the season. Army obviously won their Super Bowl seven to five, and now, uh, but North Texas finishes even five and seven, but does not have to travel very far from Denton to Dallas to play this one. So, uh, you know, Josh, how you feel about how do you feel about Army's sort of mindset going into the game are they just going to be you know not really focused because they already won the big one for them or you think they can sort of buckle down and take it to the next level and uh you know win the rematch well i think getting a rematch against a team that whipped them so thoroughly will actually help that'll give them a little bit of an edge uh give them a little extra mustard for this game um and, and i think you know for army they haven't been in a bowl since 2010 so they're also in a drought these players haven't ever been to a bowl game the coaches haven't ever been to a bowl game so that'll be fun uh and then another thing from this game is north texas is not quite the same as mississippi state at five and seven who uh, played some good games down the stretch the the mean green are coming in one and four in their last five games so uh they're a five and seven team trending downward army's a seven and five team that's obviously trending upward uh i, I would be very very eager to to play this game if i was a cadet I was impressed with them in the uh, in the Army Navy game because I mean I thought Navy was an awfully good team this year, right? They beat uh, who they beat? They, I mean they handled Houston, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean they won. They were ranked for for a good portion of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, they were, I figured they'd win. They'd won what fourteen in a row against Army. So yeah, Army impressed me. Yeah, they came out with a good game plan. Uh, I think defensively they they really disrupted everything that Navy was trying to do, um, especially in the past game. They came up with a couple key interceptions and. You know, Jeff Monken has that team rolling pretty good, and uh, I've been impressed with what they've been able to do um, up there and the kind of the turnaround that they've had. 
um, and sort of the change in culture. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, Army right there. All right. I, I think Huck is uh, – Someone in the background said they were excited too. Yeah, Huck is definitely looking forward to <laughs> Army as well. Uh, obviously, um, you know, our, uh, the Ar- the Army uh, triple option attack is really starting to get going under Munkin. And, you know, we've said this a couple times on the program, but we love that the Surface Academies are all running, you know, some variation of uh, the triple option, wishbone, whatever you want to, um, you know, flexbone, whatever they're sort of doing. And it's a nice twist, especially when you don't have the bigger linemen that they you know, obviously just can't recruit um, because, you know, they have their weight restrictions and weight limits at all the Surface Academies. You know, they're able to, you know, do some things and use you know what they do have which is um obviously they have some pretty good athleticism and um you know obviously a lot of brain power on on all the service academy teams so um they're able to use that to their advantage in you know dupe opponents but in the fact that these two teams have faced off uh, earlier in the year i think always adds a nice little wrinkle to the game um but uh we're gonna move now to from uh from the cotton bowl to uh Back to Annapolis, actually, where Temple is going to be taking on Wake Forest. And I think this is a really, really interesting um, spot for um, for Temple because, if you remember, they were they just played their last game at in Annapolis. And their bowl game, they just get to go back to Annapolis, which I think has got to be sort of a very, very weird mindset coming into the game. Temple obviously won the American Conference, which we all think is, you know, possibly better than the Big 12 right now. But, uh, you know, 10-3, and they're ranked 24th, and they're playing a Demon Deacon team, which started off the year pretty well, but has stumbled a little bit down the stretch, um, losing their last three, obviously losing at Louisville and losing to Clemson. uh, There's no shame in that. But then losing at home to Boston College to finish the year, there is shame in that. So shame on you, Wake Forest. (laughs) Shame on you. Well, Um, Adazio probably had their game plan. (laughs) That's true. We actually actually really haven't been able to talk about that uh, yet at all. So, you know, Minnesota thinks they should boycott. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, Don't don't get me started on Minnesota. We will get to that. Stay away from that topic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we're getting there next on our next bowl. But um, okay. well, I'll I'll bet everything I have on uh, Washington State. But yeah, yeah, I don't. Oh, God, that that was asinine. But we will get there in a little bit. But uh, Josh, you know, Jared. This whole scandal that has come out uh, about uh, uh, the Wake Forest former quarterback. Um, um, He's an anna- he was an announcer, right? He, was, like, he was an announcer for three years, but yeah. he, he got uh, – Clawson didn't, yeah. Yeah, didn't hire him. Right. And, you know, so there has been such a turmoil about this. I can't even imagine – uh, sort of his mindset, especially, you know, coach, I'd love to hear you chime in on this because you're a coach. Can you imagine giving your, giving the game plan out to the other team? I mean, actually, I think coach had to go, uh, go, go take Huck there for a minute. So, but I, mean, I think one interesting aspect, a lot of people aren't necessarily talking about, is there some culpability on the teams that willingly took the information, right? Like, like Louisville, shocking Petrino. I mean, shocking that they, that they took it and ran with it. I think he rode his motorcycle with it. Probably. (laughs) 
Well, no, he, I mean, Petrino just would have just given it to a side piece so, <laughs> yeah. and, and let her deal oh, with it, what, what, what he wants. But, uh, you know, Riley Skinner, another former Wake Forest quarterback, has sort of uh, come out, not necessarily in support of him, but it's sort of, you know, he's been one of the more vocal guys saying that, like, this is really shocking. Um, mm-hmm. in, 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 a, in a funny turn of events, Riley Skinner is going to be calling the game on radio in <laughs> Tommy Elrod's place. But in, wow. so I, Wake Forest, obviously, their head is not going to be in it. But I'm not sure how much Temple's head is going to be in it yeah. because they get to. I mean, they don't get to go anywhere fun. They're going to Annapolis where they played their last game. I don't know, Josh. Well, I actually, I actually think their head will be in it because uh, I sort of had the same line of thought with Western Kentucky, and that is, yeah, Matt Rule's going, but they get to cap off the best stretch of football in program history. If they win, they'll be the first 11-win team in Temple history. Um, it's only like two hours from Philly, so their fans should be able to show up pretty well. I don't think it's as bad as it looks on paper. Um, but, but the game, if, if Wake Forest can find a way to regroup after such a weird uh, bowl season, these two teams on paper could produce a really, really fun defensive matchup. A Temple has the ninth best scoring defense in the country at 17.2 points per game. And Wake is at 21.8, which is 20th best nationally. So uh, we, we have a chance for a really competitive defensive struggle. And those are always fun games if these two teams come out, like you said, Matt, with their heads on straight. Yeah, uh, Coach, you're back now, and I'm actually uh, curious to uh, get your take on Tommy Elrod and the, the scandal that's come out of Wake Forest. Well, definitely blindsided me. I was talking to a friend that actually uh, – a friend of mine actually worked in the uh, the fundraising department up there um, at Wake Forest when all this was taking place, and he met Tommy Elrod, thought he was a good guy, and, you know, had no idea that, that any of this was taking place and was completely shocked and uh, and no doubt will be disgusted by it. And I just – you know, I hate that, you know, money has become such a big part of college athletics that people like Tommy Elrod would go – and hurt their alma mater, somebody who not only gave him a degree, but gave him a job, gave him an opportunity. And then when he got let go, um, he had an opportunity on the radio side of things to stay in the Wake Forest family. And then all of a sudden turn your back on him like that was, was pretty odd to me and pretty disgusting. And, you know, I, I, you know, it's not like the Baylor case where I like, I now hate Baylor because of it. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking that, you know, they got, they did what they needed to do really quickly and, uh, and they, they took care of it and got him out. And uh, I'm actually rooting even harder for Wake Forest to, you know, despite all the stuff. I mean, it makes what they've done even more impressive because they've had somebody working against them for three years. It makes what they've done that much more impressive because they've had to pretty much just scrap their whole game plan as soon as they get to the game. And, uh, and players were trying to figure out why, and now it's come out why. So, um, I hate it for the university because they work so hard and to have their efforts just completely, just completely nullified because um, some guy wants to make a few extra dollars selling game plans to opposing coaches. I mean, was um, it even proven that he sold them or did he just give them to him? Like, I, I, I don't even know if it was proven that he necessarily sold them. It wasn't, but it's the only thing that makes sense to me. I mean, why else would you do it? I mean, you apparently it's, it's, it's despite Dave Clawson. Yeah, I, I, I guess so, but I figured he would be making a little bit of money off of it too. But, I mean, that's plausible as well. But, you know, anytime you see these things, there's usually always money involved, and that's usually kind of one of the key motivators. But, 
Um, I hate it nonetheless, and I hate it for the university. Cause, Coach, you do know, you think that, that um, the coaches from the other teams that accepted them deserve sanctions? Uh, I think they deserve to be fine, depending on – they can't really prove to what level they use them. Um, so I think it's going to be kind of hard to enforce that. Um, University of Georgia has actually fined Shane Beamer for his part in it. And it, it wasn't even known what – he was just approached with it. And uh, so nothing – He was at Virginia Tech, right? Yeah. Yeah. And nothing was proven that he actually did anything with the information. He was just presented with the with the opportunity. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, Huck is definitely against giving out game plans as well. Um, yes. One of the you know if I was if I was a senior on this Wake Forest team and I just found out that for the last three years someone had been leaking you know our game plans to the other teams. And so they, they would have a hand up on us against every, you know, on, on every game. I would be so pissed. I would be so pissed. I wouldn't even know what to do. I, I, I don't know how you can do that, especially against your alma mater. Like, like, I mean, between being quarterback there and then working there, he worked there for at least five years as a coach before he became a, you know, a broadcaster. He's been involved in the university for what, 15, 20 years now. Like how can you just turn your back on that? I, I don't understand that at all. You know, there's obviously, I, th- I think there needs to be, he's going to have to come out and talk at some point. He's going to have to come out and talk at some point about it. But um, I think that time will obviously come down the road in a little bit, but we need to keep moving down the road as well to the national funding holiday bowl. Um, and the, this is a very you know intriguing matchup. I think that Washington state is going to absolutely blow the barn doors off of Minnesota because Minnesota, I mean, Jared, you alluded to it earlier. <laughs> What on God's green earth yeah. what were these kids thinking? Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, so what? Ten guys are suspended. So, so now that'd be enough to say to Wazoo's going to roll. But then, you know, when you hear about it, I mean, right? It was like some terrible sexual assault, and then the rest of the team decides they're going to rally behind you know, the offending players. They're going to boycott the the whole thing. Made no sense. And the coach Clay's standing up. And almost supporting the boycott, I, I, I don't know that he's going to be the coach there, uh, you know, eight or nine months from now. They've had a lot of scandals going on there in Minnesota. If they're smart, they'll uh, they'll row the boat. Their AD got fired for a, uh, sexual harassment. I know. the whole. There's a whole stink over that athletic program. And they got um, little, uh, Ricky Patino too, so they got all kinds of problems. Yeah, I mean they they just uh, there was an absolutely great expose uh, by Deadspin earlier this week on um, the the difference with the sort of the burden of proof that uh, the whatever the county Hennepin County has versus the burden of proof that is uh, that the university itself has, and um, it is you know it's a really fascinating long read if you have a little bit of time this week, and I would highly highly recommend. Uh, reading it over, but you know the eighty-page document that came out about what the stuff that these guys did is so heinous. Oh, yeah. um, it's it's uh, it's it's disturbing. I can't repeat that this on the air because this is a family program. <laughs> but um, on the field, though, I mean, yeah. Wazoo uh, obviously Minnesota's uh, checked out. It seems yeah. like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wazoo obviously they had that they had that tough tough loss in the Apple Cup 
um, which right. followed a, an even tougher loss to Colorado. But still, Luke Falk is uh, an absolute beast at quarterback, over 4,200 yards, 37 touchdowns through the air. Um, and he has a, a plethora of receiving targets to throw to. And I'm not sure that uh, Minnesota – okay, so actually, Jared, I'm curious. You're, you're a Michigan alum, but you guys play Minnesota you know, most, uh, most years for the, for the, for the Little sure. Brown Jug. But um, Mitch Leidner, what do you think about him? I thought he'd be better this year. I mean, isn't he? He's finally a senior. Seems like he's been there a long time. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't that impressive this season. It didn't seem like uh, seven touchdowns to twelve interceptions. That's it. Wow, I didn't realize the numbers were that bad. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. And this is a guy that um, you know I like Kirk Herbstreit sometimes, but yeah. he thought that Leidner was going to be a first rounder coming into this year. Yeah, there was a lot of hype, and I, I, actually, Minnesota. What were they? Eight and four, so they, they weren't yeah. bad record wise. But I, I guess I'd have to look through the schedule. But I, I don't know that they had too many what I'd call impressive wins. Uh, they did not beat uh, – their most impressive victories were versus Colorado State and versus Northwestern. Wow, that's um, it. Okay. So they had a favorable schedule. Yeah, so they did not um, They did not beat a team – or they did not beat a Power 5 team with a winning record. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Colorado State was 7-5, and five, now 7-6 and six after the loss. Idaho yesterday, but they did not beat uh, a Power 5 team with a winning record. And in their four losses, uh, which were Penn State, Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin, they were, you know, thoroughly outplayed mm. in most of those. So no Michigan, no Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they had, a, they had a nice good. Yeah, I mean, they did. Eight and four sounds good, but yeah, there's degrees of how impressive eight and four is. And yeah, to your point, I mean, I saw some Minnesota, and, and, and for having a senior quarterback that was sort of hyped as could make it the league. Yeah, Mitch Mitch was not not too good. <laughs> I know. Josh, yeah. how do you Josh, what do you think about this game? Well, I think even before you factor in the off the field stuff, <laughs> Minnesota was not very consistent against teams with winning records. So I would have picked Washington State to begin with. When you look at the personnel who was suspended, <clears throat> uh, there's multiple players, including at least one, maybe even two starters from their secondary. Oh, well, that's, that's a problem when you're going. Oh, yeah, they're going to throw for yeah all day. Yeah, they're going up against the pirate and the air raid offense. That doesn't bode well. Yeah, I, I, Washington State might might put the ball up in the air. I don't know, like eighty times, right, Coach? Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna definitely attempt seventy five passes. They're gonna spread the <laughs> ball around and they're gonna they're gonna light up the scoreboard. Luke Falk is gonna have a career day on this in this game. I think they're hungry after getting their butts kicked against the uh, the Huskies in the Apple Cup. They're hungry, and uh, they're going to show the world that, you know, this team wasn't a fluke, and they're here to stay. And, you know, Mike Leach has put a stamp on the Pac-12. So um, and so as I, uh, as I leave you guys, I'll leave you with this. It's going to be a Cougar blowout. Uh, Minnesota's going to wish that they had boycotted the game because they're going to get even more embarrassed um, on the national stage. So with that, guys, I'm out of here. Have All a right, Merry coach. Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, and we will talk to you. Whatever travels you do. We will talk to you uh, post-boxing day. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're going to talk one last bowl game before we uh, we sign off for the evening. And this is what I believe will be the single most lopsided game of the year uh, of the bowl season when Boise State takes on Baylor, a completely disinterested Baylor team who started the year 6-0 and and then for some reason against Texas decided that they wanted to um, you know, wear the black uniforms in protest of Art Bryles, which was such a slap in the face. 
to um, uh, to the, to the coach who, to their interim coach, and proceeded to lose all of their games down the stretch. Um, you know, they lost you know some some reasonable opponents, Oklahoma, West Virginia, but you know lost Kansas State, Texas Tech. They weren't really in TCU. They got absolutely they got the crap kicked out of them by TCU, sixty two to twenty two, and you know it's they, this program is in complete disarray. You know, uh, you know, Josh and I have talked, Jared, about a sort of weird move by uh, Rule moving from Temple to Baylor. I mean, how yeah. toxic is the Baylor situation? Yeah, it seems it seems pretty bad. I was surprised that he, I guess, took that job. Yeah, also, I was I was a little. I mean, yeah, Baylor seems like a total total mess. I guess I guess there's some attraction to moving to a to a Power Five conference, and you know, you're in Texas, so you got a good recruiting base, but. Yeah, the whole the whole situation there is nuts. And wasn't Bryles as a kid like still an assistant coach yeah. there? I mean, how does he stay there when his dad gets you know, well, rightly so, got got shipped off? So yeah. what is uh, what is Ken Starr standing in the legal community? I think he's been disbarred, which he should have been years ago. Yeah, I mean, he should have been disbarred when he was. Uh, 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 what what was his uh, his role in the Republican Party in the nineties? prosecuting clinton well yeah he was like the whatever special prosecutor whatever they appointed special prosecutor to look at at whitewater and then he just kept expanding it into more and more witch hunts and apparently the fact that bill clinton had an affair meant that he needed to be impeached but you know that's a different podcast yeah that that's um (laughs) uh, that is the um the sequel to the legal motion uh which is going to be a motion to dismiss podcast uh so sure but yeah, I think I, I like Temple in this game. Uh, uh, you mean Boise? Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. Met, we, we were talking about, about Matt Rule. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, Boise, I, I, would take, I, I, like, I think I give Boise even a better chance than Temple. <laughs> I, if this was Temple versus Baylor, that would be that would be that would be funny. Yeah, that'd be that great. That would have been amazing. But Bo- Boise, oh, Boise think, will kill him. I think. Yeah, Boise is going to rule. And Josh, Boise has a guy. I know you're a big fan of Jeremy McNichols in the backfield. Yeah, and you know he's got a good quarterback handing the, the ball as well, and Brett Rippin. Uh, you know, we've talked at length about Baylor, and, you know, I don't need to rag on them anymore. So let's look at the positives from this game. You know, Boise State wins whenever they're in Arizona. They were undefeated in the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> they're in their 15th straight bowl game, and they've done, they've done an incredible job of really emphasizing winning these games on big stages for recruiting purposes. They're 6-1 and one in their last seven bowl games. What was their only loss? Uh, I believe it was to TCU. Oh, that's right. In, yes. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a holiday bowl. But, um, yeah, I mean, Boise is the better team on paper. Uh, they are well-balanced with their passing and rushing. You, meant, you mentioned they're a good running back. Uh, but they also are balanced as a team. They have a nice defense as well. They won 10 games for a reason. I know the tiebreaker scenario didn't favor them to win their division, but they were six and two. They were by record co-champion yet again of their division in the mountain West. They are, you know, we love talking about Navy. We love what Niamatololo does. We love what Rocky Long has done the last few years in San Diego. Um, You know, Temple had a nice turnaround. Willie Taggart did some really good things at South Florida and Houston had a fun little two year streak there, (laughs) but Without doubt, the marquee group of five program is, and for the foreseeable future, will remain the Boise State Broncos. 
Absolutely. Actually, Josh, that, that one loss in their last seven bowl games was actually to Oregon State in the Hawaii Bowl the, oh. the, the year that Chris Peterson took the Washington job. So they had Bob Gregory as the interim coach in Dang that it. one. They lost, they lost to Oregon State uh, 38-23. Um, well, that's embarrassing because I'm a big Bob Gregory fan. But, 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 but the game <laughs> you, that you were thinking of was their loss to TCU in the Poinsettia Bowl uh, back in 2008. Hmm. Um, the, the time that they played TCU back-to-back years. They lost that first one, but they won the Fiesta Bowl the next year against Yeah, TCU. they won the big one. Yeah, they won the one, they won the one that mattered. So, um, but yeah, this is uh, obviously Boise State is definitely the – uh, the pinnacle of group of five football and has been now for the more than a decade. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. And, you know, I, I know it's easy to talk about like, Oh, this game matters for recruiting. And I'm sure some people kind of scoff at that, but I mean, let's be honest. There's, there's some good football played in Phoenix in the state of Arizona. Both Arizona programs are awful. You know, Boise might be able to, to snag kind of a gem, you know, a, a hidden gem and like a, three-star kid that gets overlooked, you know, this can still matter for them. Oh, it absolutely can matter for them. And I don't think this game can matter for Baylor, no matter what. Yeah. And and that's how Boise, that's how Boise operates. They, anytime they face a power five team, it matters to them. Anytime they're in a bowl, it matters to them. And that's like a top down approach with their AD and their coaching staff. And, And the players buy into that. And that's why they've had such an incredible success over the last 20 years. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, obviously, Brian Harson. Uh, well, this will be our last question of the day. Do you think he's going to stick around Boise uh, for as long as Hawkins and Peterson did? Or do you think he's going to uh, move on to uh, bigger and better things soon down the line? You know, I think he saw what Peterson did, which was win a ton of games, get a lot of cred, and then be able to pick his dream job. Um, Peterson really, really wanted that Washington job, thought you could recruit to Seattle well, and basically was holding on to his cards until that. I think whatever Harrison's dream job is, he's just going to stay at Boise and hold his cards until he, he gets the job that he wants and not make a panic move and you know do what Matt Rule did and just make <laughs> Baylor for the sake of being – in a power five school. Well, speaking of coach moves, while we've got you on the pod, Jared, I want to ask you yeah. about, um, I, I want to ask you about the Kanye West of college football, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Sure. Uh, how long is he going to stick around in Ann Arbor? Yeah. I mean, I could see him definitely going back to the NFL. I think he probably feels he has a little bit of unfinished business. I mean, he took the Niners to the Super Bowl. I think they lost the Super Bowl, but, um, mm-hmm. He went to three straight, yeah. three straight NFC title games. I mean, yeah, that's incredible. And look how bad the 49ers are now. I mean, they're between them and the Jaguars. I mean, they're at the bottom of the barrel in the NFL. No, I, I, I think, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. The, 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 the team in Cleveland is very mad. Right oh, now you sorry. I forgot about them. I know <laughs> they just sort of like they're an afterthought. Cause you know, they're, they're, they're awful, but yeah, I mean, they, they, uh, they may go and 16. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no. So I think Jim long-term, I could see him back in the league, but, but it's only been two years at Michigan, and, and I sort of can see him sort of in the near term, probably at Michigan for a few more years. But I don't, I don't know if he'll be there five years from now. I think, I think that's a good, that's a good point. I mean, as heated as the Ohio State game is, I mean, hopefully he'll stick around long enough to hopefully beat those guys once or twice. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see him at Michigan. Would you have him? Would you, would you have him to your apartment for a sleepover? 
Oh man, no, he's he's way too intense. Yeah, he's way too intense. I, I don't know how I feel about him doing sleepovers at recruits' houses either. <laughs> that's a little creepy. You guys yeah. are both liars attempting to destroy us from within. Whatever the quote was. <laughs> Do you hear that quote? I oh, might have yeah. missed that. I heard. The, I heard. I heard that one. Uh, Jared made a funny face. He must have missed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was a that, that was a good one. He probably <laughs> thinks that Urban Meyer probably planted a mole in the program. So. Probably. But you know, honestly, yeah. I, I, selfishly, as a Big Ten fan, um, I want him to stay there, and I want Urban Meyer to yeah. stay at Ohio State because you know, I mean, as, as much as it's I love, be a great rivalry, as yeah. much as I love to hate on those two schools, man, the, the quality of football that they, they're producing and that rivalry is just you know jumping to new heights, and especially with the SEC becoming Alabama and then everyone else, you know, this can become you know this can become again the most important rivalry and the most important game in college football every year. Yeah, I mean, it's been a good year for the. The Big Ten generally, right? There are four of the, you know, they got four teams in the huge bowl games. So yeah, you know, that's... yeah, I think I think Jim will stick around for a little bit and, and, and hope for for a long time. But he he also kind of seems like the type of guy that can kind of wear out his welcome. Uh, True, but I think it's a little harder to wear out your welcome at a college job because you're recycling. You get new players all the time. Yeah, exactly. You're cycling totally. through guys, and you know that intensity and his whole shtick probably plays a little bit better with unpaid labor than it does with players who are making five times as much as he is. So, um, but yeah, well, that is going to do it for oh, us here today on our. Awesome. Third bowl preview. Uh, so, on behalf of the coach who uh, you know is is being uh, is keeping uh, dataific out there in Nashville, uh, and our intrepid blogger Josh Cook back home in Iowa City, and our special guest Jared Cook. Uh, lovely to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Anytime. Um, this is the professor in the suburbs of Chicago saying so long, and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. To get in touch with the show, email us at illegalmotionpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at illegal underscore motion. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.